There's a new concept in the industry around zero trust. And this is really, it's simple. It says you really trust no one um, inside and outside your network. And you use visibility, analytics, automation to monitor assets and keep your policies in check. In the fullness of time, we're going to see uh, zero trust evolve so that we have much more supply chain traceability. According to a recent report from the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, 52% of manufacturers have seen significant increase in cyber fraud during the pandemic. The two most common attacks being ransomware and electronic payment fraud. Today's episode is all about strengthening your security preparedness, particularly throughout your supply chain. We'll hear from Deirdre Hanford, Chief Security Officer at Synopsys, and David Pellerin, Head of Worldwide Business Development for Semiconductors at AWS. You'll learn how to thoroughly examine your current security exposure, scrutinize users accessing your network, and identify areas of vulnerability. Welcome to AWS Industrial Insights. I'm your host, Caroline Lawrence. With each episode, we bring you an inspiring leader with practical advice to help you solve your toughest business challenges. Because we believe that sometimes all it takes is one big idea or one piece of wisdom to change your business forever. So thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy today's show. So Deirdre, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. And I'm really interested to understand, in your, from your perspective, what is really at stake when semiconductor supply chains aren't secure? Carolyn, first of all, thank you so much for hosting this podcast, and I really look forward to the, to the discussion. Hey, you know, we've heard so much about supply chain security in the news recently, and particularly we've heard a lot about what's happening in semiconductor supply chain. So let me just start with an acronym. CIA, and I don't mean the Central Intelligence Agency, I'm talking about a cornerstone concept for security that's all about confidentiality, integrity, and availability. And the, when, when you kind of, we're going to talk a lot about those comment about those terms, because I think they're really essential. First of all, confidentiality. Well, I think that's fairly self-explanatory. Let's make sure that only people that should be seeing certain design data or uh, semiconductor manufacturing data, only the authorized people get to see that data. That's confidentiality. Integrity is all about making sure that that data doesn't get compromised along the way. So has the data been um, damaged in some respect? Has the data been, um, has, has a bad piece of logic been inserted to the data? So integrity means the data has not been changed except by authorized people for intended purposes. And then availability means that you have access to that data. And so when we think about those three concepts, confidentiality, integrity, and availability, those can be applied in semiconductor supply chain in the security of that supply chain, but they really can be applied broadly. Absolutely, and I love that acronym that you had. Where did you learn that from? Just curious. Well, if you if you if you've been in the security business, you hear you hear CIA a lot, and then you think it is the other CIA, and then you learn and are greatly relieved that it's really these three acronyms. It's pretty standard <laughs> in our biz. I love that. That's a good way to think about it, especially to simplify it when you look at it overall. 
So it, you know, I'm sure if you've been reading the news and everyone's been seeing in the news, there's a lot of discussion around the electronics industry about the availability of microelectronics and the inability of chip manufacturing to keep pace with demand. Um, how do you see the supply chain impacting that now, Deirdre? Well, this is a really important topic. And, you know, if you think about right now what's going on in the world with COVID, our pandemic, you know, COVID's impacted supply chains worldwide. In fact, you know, if you if you do just a little bit of internet research or you talk to a contractor, you'll learn that the cost of lumber has skyrocketed in the last year. And in fact, I did a little research. According to Business Insider, it's jumped 250% in the last 12 months. And that's wow. adding about $24,000 to the price of a new home on average. So um, this is you know, contributed by COVID, but what's behind that? Well, sawmills probably got shut down at certain parts in COVID, distribution schemes got interrupted, et cetera. So supply chains in general have been disrupted by the pandemic uh, and, and microelectronics have, have obviously also fallen into that um, situation. And it's interesting because there's a huge increased demand during COVID. You know, everybody went home who could could work from home or school from home and they needed more laptops. They needed more game controllers to take the the edge off all the time in front of their work computers. <laughs> and, you know, they, they upgraded their homes. They bought th- smart thermostats or a number of other um, devices. So there's been a huge surge in consumer electronics. On top of that, yep. we've seen businesses really taking, you know, opportunities in COVID to, you know, accelerate their digital transformation. So we're seeing a lot of folks doing, um, you know, adding industrial automation equipment and manufacturing floors, accelerating their move to cloud, taking advantage of big data analytics, et cetera. So all this has driven a surge in microelectronics. And um, so that's kind of the demand side. Now, if we look at the supply side of this availability challenge in the CIA, you know, there's only a finite amount of microelectronics um, fabrication capability in the world. And those foundries, which is the the term used for um, manufacturing of semiconductors, those foundries are booked at over 100% capacity right now. And, you know, that's further, you know, um, challenged by the fact that you had factory fires in Japan and some manufacturing plants. We had the big winter storms in Texas as well. So availability right now in semiconductors is a big problem. The demand is high and the supply is fundamentally constrained. Absolutely. It definitely sounds like it. And, you know, to your point, too, about the consumer electronics demand rising, I have to say I was definitely guilty of that during COVID. I wanted my apartment to be smart. Everything all of a sudden is because we're home all the time. So I can definitely relate to that. Um, And I'm curious, too, Dave. Wait, Carolyn, that's so funny. Hold on, because I just replaced my thermostat and I told my contractor he was doing a sweep of stuff at the house. I said, get me as low tech Mm -hmm. one as possible. (laughs) Because I, you know, you hear these stories about how they can get hacked in. So as a security professional, oh, yeah. I went low tech. I'm interested <laughs> that you went high tech. <laughs> oh my gosh! See, now I'm kind of scared to learn what I'll learn today. Because <laughs> who knows? I might, you know, take out my what's it called, the Nest thermostat or no, something. Those, those, those are very but... good. You made a good choice. Okay. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, my husband always he's making fun of me because I'm like Alexa, turn on the lamp, you know. So. <laughs> Everything's automated here. We try to keep it simple. But um, back to our topic, though. Um, 
Dave, I'm kind of curious from your perspective, you know, I know that you meet with semiconductor customers from all over the world and some of the most renowned companies. Are you seeing this trend as well? And what are your thoughts on it so far? Oh, sure. I mean, the supply chain challenges, the supply challenges in uh, semiconductor are impacting everyone, right? So um, at AWS, we have customers across the industrial spectrum, right? And you look at what's happening in automotive and the automotive industry is particularly challenged right now because, uh, you know, vehicles have become uh, really uh, rolling data centers in a way, and uh, certainly next generation autonomous vehicles even more so. And so any glitch in the supply chain for, let's say, emissions control or airbags or or infotainment, whatever it is, right, can, can certainly put uh, a damper on production. We've seen that already with uh, with automotive companies having to pause production or slow down production, it's it's really had a significant impact. And so we're hearing from customers that are that are trying to figure out how to do a better job of, of forecasting, of supply chain risk analysis, of looking at maybe semiconductor yield analysis, anything they can do to improve that supply of chips and improve the uh, you know the traceability and the predictability of the supply chain. And also, uh, you know, customers are trying to pivot much faster, right? So if you're generating, if you're, if you're creating next generation design, let's say for, for the automotive industry, how do you get that to market much, much faster? How do you ensure, uh, you know, that you're, you're moving to zero defect for the needs of, of these uh, important customers in automotive and get to market fast? So it's, it really is driving some new thinking around cloud for verification. Uh, but again, you know, we're seeing the supply chain impact uh, significantly across industries. And, and I think we've all seen the news in automotive. I mean, it's significantly impacted. Well, and it's interesting because I, I read this morning that, you know, there's there's a lot of um, excellence around just-in-time inventory in many industries. I think Dell started that in the PC industry way back when. Automotive has pri- prided themselves, is that the right word, on um having just-in-time inventory. I think Toyota was the first in that regard, and the entire industry is rethinking their inventory management. So that's that's pretty profound that the semiconductor supply challenge has you know rethought many, many business practices. Absolutely. Absolutely. Such as... a long and, and complex, oh, I'm sorry, Caroline, such a no, long and complex good. supply chain, um, you know, results in um, a need to carefully manage uh, multiple sources, for example, for, for chips or technologies to try to determine uh, where and when you should be stocking that excess inventory uh, and when the, the demand signals are, are disrupted and the supply chain is disrupted at the same time. You know, you'll have some organizations that are overbuying and some that are underbuying and the whole uh, inventory balance goes out of whack. And I think we're seeing that across industries today until all of this settles out. Well, and back to availability, you know, the the foundries or these um, firms that manufacture these devices, they've all announced that they're, well, most of them have announced that they're adding capacity. They're going to be adding manufacturing capacity. But unfortunately, in our industry, that takes time. You know, it takes at least a year, if not more, to bring on new fab capacity. So there's no quick, immediate fixes to this um, availability challenge, but uh, it's good to hear that the foundries are responding. Absolutely. And I guess I'm, I'm curious to understand too, I can imagine that, you know, with all of this increasing demand, that there's also a lot of pressure to make sure that, you know, the supply chain is secure throughout. Is, 
you know, Deirdre, from your experience and as a leader in your organization, how have you found a balance of managing the security while also responding to the demand? Well, it's a good point, you know, because the, um, if we go back to CIA, you know, we've talked a lot mm-hmm. about availability, but confidentiality and integrity are really important aspects of a supply chain. Because remember what we talked about is you want to make sure that if you're designing something where which you hope is going to generate, you know, value for your company, you want to make sure that those assets are protected. And we, for better or for worse, microelectronics is an extremely disaggregated industry. It used to be fully integrated way back in the day, but um, several decades ago, it became increasingly disaggregated, and now it's extraordinarily disaggregated. So what that means across your supply chain when you're designing, you've got multiple parties contributing, and you've got multiple Mm -hmm. hands touching the design as it goes through the design process, manufacturing process, packaging, and ultimately the, um, the, the, the turn on in the field. So there's a lot of work that you have to do thinking about the confidentiality of the design as it as it goes through many, many parties, and then the integrity of the design as well. And this is a challenge for us as an industry. Um, You know, if you think about some examples I can share where the you know the compromise can have some pretty profound impact. You know, we had a foundry, again, a foundry is the the firm that, that manufactures devices or chips. Foundry had a security escape when someone brought a USB with you know a software upgrade to a piece of machinery they brought a usb into the fab and then they loaded loaded it up and lo and behold that released malware across much of that fab so the confidentiality oh, wow. of the entire environment was compromised so the needless to say there's some new standards around that um you know and the other thing with this tremendous supply challenge right now bad actors can say hey i'm just going to repackage old parts slap a new label on them and sell counterfeit devices. So that really risks the integrity of anybody who's incorporating those parts. Um, we're also, you know, another security concern is you might have a bad actor that inserts what we call a Trojan. I mean, that's a very old fashioned term, but it's very applicable in our industry. I can insert essentially harmful logic into a device. You know, if, if I'm designing something and I've got multiple parties contributing to that design, it really could just take one bad actor and a contractor or even an insider who could introduce malicious logic in the design. And, you know, that could have confidentiality concerns because obviously someone's tampering with the design. They shouldn't be, but could certainly impact the integrity of the device and perhaps even, you know, in a worst case scenario, provide a backdoor for a bad actor later on when that part is deployed. So, you know, and then to Dave's point about automotive, which is going to be a theme I can tell already in this discussion, you know, if I've got a part that's part of my autonomous driving subsystem in a car, if that part's going to fail, I want to be able to monitor it and and hopefully it can fail gracefully rather than fail while I'm going down the highway at 55 or 60 miles per hour. So confidentiality and integrity in the supply chain have so many different aspects to it. It's something that we really need to think about as companies and make sure we moderate in our solutions. Absolutely. And it sounds like, too, there's so many different points of entry (laughs) for any of the bad actors. So, you know, as we all move to virtual work and collaboration across the supply chain from, you know, a multitude of locations, that even makes it a little bit harder. Um, So, Dave, you know, this is where I'm curious, too, as you know, as this evolves in our marketplace and our culture, um, 
how is technology going to be playing a bigger role in supply chain security? And do you know of any, you know, current or upcoming use cases that are directly addressing some of the things that Deirdre has mentioned? Yeah, I could touch on a few. And and actually, you know, we we at Amazon, we have chip development teams. We are users of Synopsys software. We have our chips fabbed at Foundry Partners. We have IP suppliers. And so we kind of live this every day at Amazon, in particular in teams like our Annapurna Labs that do data center chips. And a, a few things that, that we have learned and certainly that we are hearing from customers, customers as well is how one how to more securely collaborate like for example if we have uh, developed a system on chip or we're working on a system on chip there are going to be intellectual property blocks ip blocks or cores that we need to uh, source from a third party maybe from arm for example or from synopsis for that matter and so having a secure way to collaborate on that uh, proprietary IP to customize it, to validate it, verify it is very, very important, right? So, so the first step is create an environment. And uh, we truly believe the cloud is the place to do this, where you can uh, segregate the data, you can protect the data, know exactly who's in there from the first party and the third party, uh, right? In our case, from, from our Annapurna team or someone from ARM or Synopsys in that environment, looking at the data together, collaborating on some uh, some verifications, for example, or perhaps working with our foundry partner uh, in a similar way to get at uh, yield issues and so forth, right? So that that's the first step, figure out how to securely collaborate uh, in a uh, in a first party and third party way using using a cloud-based uh, chamber, if you will. Uh, another way to think about it, that kind of collaboration, is to analyze manufacturing issues, right? So maybe you've got a outsource assembly and test partner. You want to get some some data off of the uh, the test equipment and put it into a uh, a shared uh, but carefully curated and carefully protected um, a data lake, if you will, right? So you can get at uh, yield problems. You can more quickly identify maybe packaging issues, right? And uh, examples of this uh, externally, we recently published a case study with uh, Global Unichip, a Taiwan-based uh, semiconductor firm that has IP for for uh, uh, for uh, interfaces. And uh, they worked with one of our partners, Proteantics, to get access to uh, packaging data to improve 2.5D package reliability and actually provide um, reliable ways to, uh, to repair those chips in the field by using redundant lines in the, uh, in the chip interconnects. It's a really interesting case study. But this is an example of how uh, you know, an end customer that's not named working with Global Unichip, who's an IP provider, working with a foundry partner or, or an outsource assembly and test partner to get at these kinds of issues to create highly reliable chips. And we're starting to see this kind of collaboration in all kinds of interesting ways and taking advantage of machine learning along the way to, uh, to really get at some of these issues of reliability and also traceability of IP through advanced analytics in the cloud. It's a really exciting time. And I think the cloud is a, is a tremendous enabler for this because of the availability of highly secure um, environments that you can create quickly on a cloud coupled with advanced uh, analytics and uh, and the ability to scale fast when you need to to solve uh, critical problems. Well, and Dave, I, I wholeheartedly agree, Dave. I think the other things that I would layer on top of that is 
the cloud can provide a very secure environment for this collaboration. You know, you have, you know, you can you can see exactly who is accessing the data. You have logging and monitoring. You can understand if suddenly something's happening that maybe looks, you know, anomalous or out of band, and you know, take action and set up alerts. So I think that. You know, maybe to some extent, you know, this pandemic has accelerated some of this work, although I know, you know, Amazon, AWS have certainly pioneered some of this with with your in-house work. But I believe that this this cloud as a configuration, sorry, cloud as a collaboration platform is here to stay. Yeah, and actually, our, our work with Synopsys uh, helped to pave that way. You know, the the Synopsys uh, teams developing IP for for customers. Uh, it's not, so Synopsys, uh, you know, for those that don't know, they're not just a EDA software vendor. They're also a provider of of IP that's used in uh, in a wide variety of of advanced uh, chips, including Amazon chips, right? And so our ability to collaborate with our partners like Synopsys and and move very quickly to uh, high reliability products has been greatly enabled, greatly accelerated use of these cloud-based collaboration methods. For sure. Thank you for that partnership too. So it sounds to me like there's there's a lot of advantages um, to the secure collaboration, but you know, I'm just imagining if I was a listener and I own or operate an industrial company um, and I know that I have, you know, supply chain vulnerabilities, Deirdre, where would I get started and what major areas of concern would I want to address first? Well, boy, that's a big question. And, you know, how much time have you got? So let me just say that, (laughs) you know, the first and most important thing you need to do is not natural, which is to think about the threat landscape, right? Think about the surface of your work, work environment and where those threats could come in and where data could go out and you know really really think about prioritizing right so you need to have a whole security framework and a whole approach there but you know a lot of it then boil is so so we'd need a whole nother session to get into that but i think you know thinking about a threat actor and thinking about how to mitigate those threats is where where i would start but you know within our own environment you know we've had challenges for instance there was a industry-wide um, security issue recently in the press. Um, pretty much every company who was managing a network had to assess what their um, what their vulnerability in the situation might be. And we went through that process. And you know, of course, all of our customers were asking us, "Hey, were you affected by this issue?" And so, what we learned in this process is, while we could quickly assess that we were not compromised in this general industry issue. But before we could answer to any of our any of our customers, we had to check in with our suppliers. So we really needed to understand our supply chain, because if I'm relying mm-hmm. on some third-party software in my network, and maybe that's a SaaS application, then I need to make sure that that vendor was not compromised because they may be managing data. And so there's a whole supply chain here that um, really impacts my ability to assert I've not been affected by an issue. And one of the things we've learned early in this calendar year was really understand your vendor space, your partner space, your supplier space, but also make sure that when you're considering suppliers that you consider, do they have the resilience? Do they have the ability to protect assets? Will they be good partners in your supply chain? Mm -hmm. So what, 
how do you choose the right partners then in your supply chain? When you say, you know, do they have the resilience? What kind of things do you look at when you're evaluating them? Well, you know, what we have we have a process internally anytime we onboard a new vendor. Um, so you notice I said onboarded, right? We could go upstream and even mm-hmm. into vendor selection. And there, there's actually third-party tools out there that enable you to assess the security um, uh, portfolio or profile of a company. But leaving that aside, I think when, whenever we onboard a new vendor, we ask several questions. And is this vendor going to be um, touching employee data, touching um, mm. customer data, uh, per, you know, accessing our networks, that will trigger, you know, a whole vetting process where we want to make sure that the vendor is um, able to stand up to our um, processes and control. So it's not unheard of for us to go audit a vendor, particularly if we believe that they're going to be accessing, you know, secure data of ours. So, you know, but it's important. I think my my simple message here is that supply chain organizations and companies have gotten a lot more sophisticated. Um, Many companies, I'm sure AWS does this, you know, they have a very rigorous supply chain management department and, you know, they really want to make sure that vendors are, you know, improving the rigor of their business processes and their security processes over time. We're, we're absolutely enhancing our processes there. Um, we like to learn from bigger companies like Amazon. And I'll tell you in security, everyone is on a journey. Journey, in quotes, is the tagline because you're never there, <laughs> it's never perfect, and you have to always look for ways to enhance. That's a really good way to look at it because I guess a lot of times when I think of security, I'm like, okay, it's locked. No one can get in. We're fine. But as you stated, it's a journey. Like you're always getting there and you know, there's always new threats or new opportunities for people to get in and Great way to look at it. I really like that analogy. Um, so I'd like to move on a little bit too to talk more about the cloud as a design environment. Um, you know, specifically in the semiconductor industry, I know that those design files are highly confidential, and I'm sure they are in other manufacturing environments. So, Dave, I'm just kind of curious. You know how how can companies use the cloud as a secure environment for design and what kind of use cases are you seeing there with customers? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, the last few years, we have seen a significant shift in thinking among global semiconductor companies, large and small, right? Um, And I would point to the 2018 announcement by TSMC and then later by, by Samsung around cloud enablement for design as being kind of watershed moments, right? That that uh, the foundries that have some of those critical uh, IP in the industry, their process design kits or PDKs, you know, we're embracing the use of cloud and promoting the use of cloud for secure IC design. Uh, it was a really big deal from a security perspective. And, and if you think it through, it, it, it just makes sense, right? Because, um, if, if a foundry, a peer play foundry wants more business in the future, they're going to have to have semiconductor firms of all sizes from smart uh, startups to midsize to maybe systems companies that are getting into chip design, right, as they vertically integrate, uh, operate in a secure way. And, you know, what better way to do that than to uh, really embrace cloud-based infrastructure that is more um, predictable, that they can uh, require particular levels of security, uh, that are frankly very, very difficult for a small to medium-sized semiconductor company to deploy themselves. 
because as Deirdre said, it's a journey. You, you can't just go out and buy, uh, you know, some firewalls and some network infrastructure and, and maybe some, uh, some security related software and, and call it good because you need to continually stay ahead of the, uh, of the various attack vectors. You have to continually up your game in security. And that's just very, very hard to do if all you really want to do at the end of the day is, is uh, design semiconductor chips, right? It shouldn't have to be your core competency. Uh, but in cloud, you're, you're really benefiting from the scale and the breadth of customers that are in, in uh, you know, equally uh, important industries that have their own security requirements from uh, public sector, government agencies, security agencies, to financial services, energy, uh, life sciences, and healthcare, right? Across the board, everyone needs that level of security. And so even the smallest semiconductor company can benefit from that. And I think the foundries have seen that. And, uh, and really since those, those initiatives that were announced in 2018, 2019, I think we've seen a significant shift in thinking around where the most secure IP can and should be located. And it really is cloud today. Thank you for tuning in to AWS Industrial Insights. If you want to learn more about today's episode, head over to the blog for a list of featured resources on this topic. You can also find today's blog in the episode description and also on our website at aws.amazon.com industrial podcast. 